Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Octana, and today we'll be looking at how the urges of our body wisdom often contradict our brain's desire to problem-solve or control things, and ways in which we can set the mind aside to integrate body wisdom into our lives. I sometimes think of Western culture as top-heavy, like someone at the gym who never does leg day. Our culture encourages us to experience life as navigated through and even controlled by our brains. Then we interact with the world via our voice, work to open our hearts to it more fully, and get our arms around the copious amount of doing we're expected to do. The lower half of us is either something to fold away if we're doing spiritual practices, or to be managed at the best of times out in the secular world. The lower half of us is seen as troublesome or problematic. Lower backs hurt too often. Knee or hip issues sideline our mobility. Our feet warp in amazing and tragic ways at the drop of a hat. And there are all manner of cancers which can affect the organs in the pelvic region. Then, of course, there's sex and all the shenanigans which sex and the desire for sex, or lack thereof, get us into. So all the valued bits are in the upper half, and all the less desirable bits are below. And in the end, we come to experience ourselves somewhat like a balloon floating through things, tethered by a physicality we'd rather not have to deal with. This fits well with a society which has become focused on merchandising, influencing, and gig economics. Our brain's natural desire is to problem-solve, and we're taught to know our body as a myriad of problems which never can but need to be solved. And rather than do so through the body, we're directed to purchase something which will cause the body to behave in one fashion or another. As the ability to discern whether something is good for us or not, is a true solution or not, resides in the lower half of us, Our brain can't know if what we desire, what we're told, or what logic points us towards is right. So we purchase a solution which may or may not work. As a broken clock is right twice a day and our brains aren't necessarily wrong in the solutions they come up with, even with missing input, we often are able to make it through the various things life throws at us. But how our bodies fit into this, or don't, often becomes a problem we can't figure out. They seem like wild animals working to escape us or tricksters actively trying to sabotage our efforts. To combat this, some in spiritual community do teach about physical wisdom. However, they teach about how problems in the body are lessons we're meant to learn or problems we're meant to overcome. Sometimes this is presented as Anyone is capable of healing any ailment or impairment they may be experiencing. Unfortunately, this has an underlying assumption in it that if you aren't healing, then you're doing something wrong, or don't want it enough, or perhaps even like the attention you get for being unhealed. Tragically, this focus on the functions of our upper half separates us from one of our main sources of wisdom and spiritual guidance, our body. For example, trust is something we're taught to think of as an emotion or a concept. It's to be experienced a bit like love, where we can give it to someone, 
have it be refused or abused, and will ourselves into feeling it or not. However, trust is actually a physical thing. We learn to trust through doing and through the actions of others. Babies learn to trust their hands by mastering drinking from cups. They learn to trust their voice by communicating effectively. And they learn to trust their legs by walking on them. As adults, we test a bridge with our feet before trusting our full weight to it. We trust our ability to pick something up by exerting a bit of pressure to get the feel of it. We learn to trust our judgment by taking action on it and thereby gaining external as well as internal validation. Our trust is violated not by the thoughts of others, but by the actions they take and the words they speak. Our bodies hold the wisdom of whether or not we can or should trust something. They are also the means by which we manifest ourselves and our path into the world. Consider the act of brushing your teeth. Simple, right? You have an understanding of what's necessary to do so, and you can have the desire to do so as well as having teeth to brush. You have hands and a toothbrush and toothpaste and the skills to utilize all of them in the necessary ways. However, none of this matters if you're unable to get your torso into proximity with the sink. The lower half of us, the epicenter of our physical life, is what allows us to utilize all of this upper body thinking and emoting in order to manifest. It's in part why we call it walking a spiritual path rather than thinking or feeling it. It's also where our soul's wisdom is the loudest and the most evident. While the mind is full of justifications, excuses, false narratives, shoulds, expectations, and problem-solving, the soul and the body are interested only in wholeness and the truth. So knee problems show up for the inflexible, back issues develop for those who live without support, neck and shoulder pain comes for those who carry the weight of the world, and thyroid issues come on at times for those who refuse to stop overly doing. Rather than seeing these things as lessons to learn, punishments for bad behavior or things which need to be suffered, it can help to see them as messages or signposts pointing us towards a better relationship with our soul and our soul's purpose. One common example of this is fat. Setting aside how dysfunctional Western culture is around body issues at this point, how we've moved away from the Venus of Willendorf as an archetype, beyond even the ancient Greek body standards, and towards a George Balanchine waif-thin teen body aesthetic, currently we are taught to think of fat as an enemy to be fought, controlled, and defeated. However, fat is necessary for our body to function in a healthy way, and one of its most crucial roles is as storage. Physical fat stores energy so we have something to use when a tiger decides to chase us down, or we have to pack up our entire life in an instant to take advantage of the amazing job offer which requires us to be in another country next week. Energetically, it stores all the things we have not or cannot deal with yet. All of the trauma which hasn't been processed, the things which people said but we couldn't take in or take on at the time, the memories which are too difficult or precious or emotional to have running around in our brain, the things which we will get to when we get around to it, and more. So it's no wonder we can't get rid of the last five to seven pounds, we gain weight when things are difficult, or we're struggling with emotions for more than a day or two, or when something traumatic happens to us. 
all of the information and energy has to go somewhere until we're able to hold ourselves gently enough, carefully enough, and safely enough to bring it back up again. This is also why people who strive to remove maximum amounts of fat from their bodies and succeed can struggle mentally and emotionally. Not only are they doing things with and to their bodies which it may not wish to do, but everything which has been stored but not processed is now active and interacting with the world. This can activate or heighten triggers, thin out or decimate boundaries, leave the person unable to control or cope with emotions, act irrationally, or develop new coping mechanisms which are harmful. So while cellulite might be unsightly, it's absolutely a good thing, and it might behoove us to be more forgiving or even grateful for it. Having fat doesn't mean we're unhealthy, avoiding things, or not getting a lesson. On the contrary, it means we have a lot of life we're living through, and our body is helping us with it by carrying the things we can't, because our arms are already full. So, how do we access body wisdom? In general, people are pain avoidant, whether this be emotionally, spiritually, mentally, or physically. This is a survival mechanism driven by our body's desire to keep us alive and healthy. Pain tells us something is wrong and damage could possibly occur if we continue doing what we're doing. It's what we do about pain which matters. Since we're taught our brain controls everything and our bodies are meat suits we're riding around in which break down at the drop of a hat, we tend to act like tyrants toward them. We force our bodies to do things for their own good, ignore the information they try to give us, and second-guess what we know until we learn not to know anything at all. To access our body's wisdom, it's helpful to see pain as a large arrow pointing us towards a solution. Often our body signals us not only through the pain, damage, or disease it's manifesting, but towards a solution by how it's trying to get us to react. Sometimes these messages are rather obvious, like fibromyalgia, which is telling us in no uncertain terms to slow down and stop doing at the rate we've been doing. Others can be less clear, like arthritis or ligament tears. The way to start accessing the wisdom of our body has for us is to stop. Stop telling. Stop problem-solving. Stop the voice which demands we do this or that or the other thing about the pain. Just stop. The next thing to do is listen. Take all the amazing skills you have for navigating everything life has thrown your way, all the ability to manifest what is expected of you, all of the power you have to meet expectations of yourself and others, and turn them towards being a journalist. Become a journalist taking in information about a breaking news story, which is your body. Guaranteed you know exactly where the most newsworthy bit is. It's the one which is the most painful, most annoying, debilitating, or emotionally fraught. Pull out a notebook, set up your recorder, set aside any expectations, and as a journalist would, start asking open-ended questions and taking down all the responses, no matter what they are. Got a sore back? Be the journalist and gather all the facts. Are the muscles tight? Got it. Heat radiating from it? Okay. Fear coming from it? Right. Rage boiling up as you listen? Yep. 
Let the information come into you without judgment, without problem solving, without action at all. Just let it be. Guaranteed what you experience will both be old news and also revolutionary. The thing is, along with all this will come information on how to resolve things. Because the body is one of the major ways our soul tries to communicate. So, along with the sore back will be emotions about past trauma, current dilemmas, and long-denied desires. You may get information about how your boss isn't treating you fairly at work, how your relationship is unbalanced or becoming unhealthy, your childhood traumas are destabilizing your now, or you've put off doing the one thing you're here to do for far too long. And with this information will come an urge. Well, usually more than one. There will be an urge, often illogical, to do something about the pain right now. There will also be feelings of wanting to do this or that, be this or that, which we know are right and yet we're unable or unwilling to consider. When these urges come, you'll know it's the body's wisdom because your brain will be cataloging them and desperately trying to modify or second-guess them or make them into something more palatable. The urges of our body wisdom often contradict our brain's desire to fit in or problem-solve or control things. But if we can sit like a journalist, allow ourselves to take in the information and feel the truth of it, we'll quickly come to realize we know this to be the truth and the way forward. So then the real question is, like with any other type of wisdom you've received throughout your life, what will you choose to do with it? And that's all the time we have this week. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider supporting it by subscribing on Patreon. You can see all my other offerings and get regular updates about what I'm working on at patreon.com slash Thanks. Bye.